What is going on, my fellow Shwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to the 22nd episode of Cancel Shweezy. I don't know about you, but we're on episode 22. Everything will be all right if uh, you keep me next to you. Thank you so much for uh, clicking a button and listening to me uh, ramble on about uh, all the necessities, uh, you know. Uh, so I had a thought today, you know, Rainforest Cafe is the best place for a first date. And I will die on that hill, and uh, no one can tell me otherwise. So uh, thank you, next. Uh, just let you know, go follow me on your social media platforms. I am at the Shweezy. And uh, besides that, I am the Foreplay King over on uh, on the uh, TikTok. I've been trying to be a little more active over there lately and uh, do some funny shit. Doing a lot of stitches. Those are a lot of fun. Because that just involves me telling a story about how the time my mom had to teach uh, first graders the R word, not Republican, the other R word. And then told them, don't say it. <laughs> spread the word. No, teach the word. Spread the word. Then teach the word. Then spread the word to end the word. Uh, so that was a good story. And that's only quality content you get on my TikTok. So go follow me over there. Um, and also, subscribe to this podcast. Wherever you're getting your podcasts at, uh, go subscribe everywhere there. That's free. Like and subscribe. And if you're already paying for a streaming service, go listen to some of my music out on Spotify, Apple. Um, those are the only two I think people listen to. You can buy it. You can buy it. Um, they're only digital purchases, though. So you're not, like, super offending me. Because I, if I was going to want you to buy my music, I would really like you to, like, get a physical something with it. Uh, like a porno book or something like that. I don't know. Like a Cancel Sweezy-themed porn. It's like a solo show, though. So it's just me jerking off. I don't think anyone wants to see that. I can make that right now. I could just start jerking off right now. Upload it to the internet. There's a small niche of... Uh, I've learned everything's on the internet. So you don't have to try. But no, it's very fun. Uh, but yeah, go like and subscribe, uh, you know, where you listen to music, where you get your podcast at this show, uh, and get all my other shows coming up and running as well. So you don't want to miss on that shit. Uh, we even do highlights on the show now. So we're going to try to keep the good bits at, in like that because lucky for you, that's what I like. So uh, uh, don't be stingy and uh, do that. Um, also, I do stream over on Twitch every Thursday, sometimes Monday, but mainly always every Thursday, uh, playing different video games on my Nintendo Switch because that's the only console I have. But it's a lot of fun. If you want to do that, come hang out with me uh, over there. Um, and like I always talk about, so with Twitch, they have two different buttons. One button is a follow button, which is your free, normal, and get notified when uh, your favorite streamers go live, like when I go live every Thursday. But there's also a subscribe button, which is typically financially supporting the streamer. Now, with the subscribe, uh, it's typically around like $5 a month. However, if you do have an Amazon Prime account, which most people do, I can't imagine a lot of people don't, you can connect the two accounts and basically you get one free subscribe every month. And so great way to support me and this show and everything I do in my life. A great thing for you to do. And also, if you don't use it, you're wasting $5 a month that's going into Jeff Bezos' pocket. So if you don't use it, it's basically going back into Jeff Bezos' pocket. So don't be stingy. You gotta go follow over there. And if you also just want to give me $5 and get ad-free episodes, you can also follow the show on Patreon where you get ad-free episodes of everything I do. So don't be stingy. Check that out. So uh, let's get back to it. 
that's all I really have to say. But no, in the meantime, just like and subscribe, leave a review. Those are everything you can do. Everything you can do for free. If you can do anything for free to support the show, that's what makes you cool. That's what makes you cool. Like, you know how some people don't go to heaven? You'll go to heaven if you uh, like and subscribe, leave a comment and a review, because that's how Jesus works. I know I used to go to church, haven't gone in a while, and uh, but I assume that's how it's still running. That's how it's running in my head. So do that. Uh, get to heaven because that's the best thing you can do. Um, let's get into the news. So if you don't know, uh, with this show, if you're new to the show, uh, basically what I do is I uh, go through all the news I deem important in the week. Um, and by going through it, I read the headlines and see if I like it that much. And then I read the article. What most people don't do when they see an article, they just get their news from the title alone. Ah, we're going to be proactive and actually read the article of the show. And so uh, without further ado, uh, let's get going on to uh, let's get into the news. Uh, everything you could say last week, today, last tonight, but I think that one's taken uh, by a guy who is in this TV show community. Um, but there is also um, uh, last week, the week before right now. Maybe we'll call it the week before. Welcome to the week before right now with Shweezy, a.k.a. the foreplay king. Let's get into it. Um, this one's funny. Um, uh, article written by The Hill, but it's about BBC, which like I learned pretty early, like even before the whole fake news shit started. Um, well, no, it was around. It's just only Republicans were listening to it. But uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say Republicans. Only our words would read it. Um but BBC was supposed to be like one of the good ones. Like they're very neutral in it. And it's like a good source to like look at news from. Um, so it says here, uh, BBC apologizes for interview with fake Cory Booker. All right. Uh, I thought this was funny. I want to know the full story. Well, let's get into it, folks. The BBC has apologized for airing an interview with someone posing as Senator Cory Booker, Democrat from New Jersey, on Friday. According to a post on the BBC website, the interview only aired at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time last Friday, but was not used any other time. In our News Hour Radio program, with an E in the end, on Friday, a man claiming to be Senator Cory Booker was interviewed and what appears to be a deliberate hoax. The BBC wrote in a post it called a correction and apology. We have apologized to Senator Booker and are looking into what went wrong to make sure it doesn't happen again. The message was posted to the BBC website over the weekend and the network made an on-air Mia Culpa Monday. Why would you use that word? I'm assuming you're meaning like apology. Um, you just use the word apology in your articles. Don't be fucking doing a Josh and like using like a big word that makes no sense for any human being to use in a conversation. So don't, don't be, don't be Josh Casey. Uh, the BBC declined to comment on how the incident occurred or when the faux U.S. politician was booked. Press representatives from Booker's office did not immediately comment on the incident. This was not the first time ho hoaxers have managed to appear on national news shows. Last December, an animal rights activist posed as the CEO of Smithfield Foods to appear on the show of Fox Business anchor Maria Bartiromo. Before the show ended, Bartiromo became aware of the hoax and told viewers she had an important correction to make. It appears we have been punked. Yeah, because you're working with fucking Fox, you bitch. Um, 
All right. Anyways, um, how do you pull that off? So was this like an in-person or like Zoom type interview? And you just realize you're interviewing the person. I'm like, I don't think this guy's Cory Booker. <laughs> like, I couldn't, couldn't have fucking Googled an image of him. I feel like that way, too. I feel like I get it because you if you do any type of like interview type show, um, you you do have like you're not always necessarily a fan of the person you're going to interview. Um but I always say, uh, do a little research beforehand. And also, if you're coming on a show, I've had people like with the Schwedcast do this. Like they know nothing of the show. I'm like, should I bring my guitar? Am I doing a performance? Um, I mean, I kind of give them the gist of what's going on. But like, well, no, one time I was, oh, I, I can't remember the, the artist's name, but I don't really care for them either. Uh, but they, so we were basically, we had an interview scheduled. Uh, and then... So basically what I do is because I'm the one dealing with everything I'm like, hey, are we still good for tonight. You need anything, you know, just being like a good person, just making sure everything's going to be smoothly. And then um, they're like, yeah, we're ready. And I'm like, OK, cool. Uh, here's the address we'll be recording at. Just meet me here this time. If you're a little late, that's OK. Better late than early in my, you know, in my home. And then she's like, oh. I thought this was a phone interview. I'm like, what? When did we ever say this was a phone interview? Like, you think I'm like a fucking radio station? Like, wanting you to call in to talk about your bullshit? Shut the fuck up. All right. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. That's just, like, podcast, like, dealing with artist shit that makes it so hard to actually, like, maintain, like, consistency with the Schwedcast. Don't get me started on that shit. Um, here we go. Next one. Octopus steals camera and wins underwater photography competition. This is from Scuba News. Uh, from what you know is the best news. <sighs> Just finished off a strawberry Bud Light seltzer. We are looking for alcohol sponsors on all my shows that I basically just drink on the show. Basically, just send me free booze and I drink it on the show. That's all we need. <laughs> so if you're interested, if you own a brewery or anything, contact uh, the Schwedcast at gmail.com uh, for further inquiries into what we can do for you here at uh, Shweezy's Podcasting Universe. So uh, let's get into this. Octopus steals camera and wins underwater photography competition from Scuba News. All right. This year's Ocean Art Underwater Photo Competition managed to produce some amazing underwater photos that showcase the perseverance of underwater artistry amidst the adversity of the times of the times. Uh, someone texted me. Oh, people want to play Fortnite tonight. Um... Two winning photos told particularly compelling stories. The best of show by Gatano Dario Gargiulio. Foreign name. I'm I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I'm not I'm not trying to butcher it. Is a once in a lifetime moment where a curious octopus took a selfie of itself with the photographer's family. On the day of the photo, I remained in the tide pool as the tide was too low to venture outside of its boundaries. In one of the shallowest parts of the pool, I noticed an octopus. I placed my camera near its den, and the octopus started interacting with it. It came completely out of the den, and to our amazement, it started shooting pictures. My son, three-year-old, in the background. Uh, I'm not showing the photo, folks. Um, you Google that shit on your own. I'm, that sounds like more post-production work on my end, was very curious about the octopus, uh, uh, Gaten Dario Gargiulio. Um, so, so yeah. Um, nevertheless though, um, that's cool. I think that's, that's more or less, I feel like that's a cool thing happening. Just like, 
throw the camera out there. And then he picks it up and starts taking pictures. He's self-aware. What if animals are getting intelligent and then like do an uprising like in Planet of the Apes? I haven't watched any of those movies, by the way. I'm just guessing what happens. And I just assume uh, the 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 uh, monkeys become intelligent and try to overthrow the human race. That's what I assume happens in the movie. Um, but uh, I don't know what happens. I assume that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Um, from the Wikipedia articles I've read on it. So, uh, nevertheless, he persisted. Um, I don't know how much more I have to say about an octopus taking photos. Um, I mean, that's some, like, that was in Finding Dory. Wasn't the octopus taking, doing shit like that? Finding Dory? I believe he was in Finding Dory. That was, like, an okay movie. Uh, fuck Toy Story 4. Fuck Toy Story 4. That movie, that movie annoyed me. Woody, you are not a ride or die, which is an EP of mine out on all streaming platforms. Uh, so fuck Woody, um, and go listen to my music. Uh, that's what we have to say here. Uh, Steve Vai injured himself and needed surgery after holding a difficult cord and meditating on it for 20 minutes. That's from Music Radar. Uh, is it a quality source? I don't know. So uh, let's go into the article. In what might be the most literal example of the term sustaining an injury, Steve Vai has injured his hand while fretting a difficult guitar chord and holding it for 20 minutes. Vai says he was meditating on the chord when time got away from him, and after taking his hand off the fingerboard, he discovered he had developed trigger finger. The U.S. maestro was speaking to Tyler Wilson of Music Is Win for season two of it's uh, Guitar Villain's YouTube show when he revealed his musical misadventures. Oh, yeah, me and uh, yeah, me and uh, Tyler, we go to the same uh, guitar center. Found out he lives here in Nashville, and I found out we we go to the same guitar center. So um, that's just me name dropping someone I don't know <laughs> personally. I just know one mutual fact about ourselves. <laughs> which is very natural. I mean, you know, me and him go to the same guitar center. I'm like, who the fuck cares? Um, it all started with the acoustic guitar and some experimentation. After all, what is Steve I, if not a frontiersman for new technique and sounds? It is a lot harder to play with acoustic guitar than I thought, said Vi. There is nothing virtuistic in it, but that's how I screwed up my hand. I was doing this fun thing, and I had to put my thumb in this really weird position, and I had to be kind of had to kind of hold this cord really long for a time. I was meditating on it, and I knew it was a hard position, and I kept on sitting there and playing it and playing it. Vi, according according to Vi, 20 minutes passed long enough to have sprained the tendons and developed trigger fingers so severe that he needed surgery to correct it. Mild cases typically involved a splint, but Vi says the operation was a success. He's going to have to wait it out before he can start farting cords again. Uh, they did the operation and they cut in there and the guy is fooling around with everything in there and it was it's really bizarre, but it's all fine. It was something very simple that they can fix, but I won't be able to play for a while. Nonetheless, he has a lot of music in the works. In the interview, he spoke about stri stripping everything back for a minimalistic acoustic album, and he has also revealed plans for an album of eight-string material. This enforced layoff, however, might give Vi a chance to use his practice technique that can you can do without a guitar. Okay. So, Steve I is, I'm not saying he's old, I don't know how old he is, but I'm assuming uh, he's in a different generation than me, and 
I'm, I'm very picky. Like, I don't like doing, like, sports and stuff like that because I don't want to get, like, inj- I don't like, you know, like, you're goofing around with your friends. You can get hurt and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That sounds like an injury waiting to happen. And uh, I like playing guitar. <laughs> and uh, I like playing piano. I like playing a lot of things. And um, music is important to me. And I, that idea would be, that sounds like something you would do as a young guy. And then you're like, and then you realize, like, okay, my arm is very, a unique process like like squeezing like this he uses like the entire arm it's not like you're squeezing the entire arm it's not just like these muscles right here. i mean it includes these muscles right here but it's including your entire arm so stuff like that holding a cord in a weird position like that um the nice thing when you use like typically when you play guitar there is a lot of tension in this kind of area um but there's kind of like a fact that you're moving around a lot that really helps um so yeah i mean let this be a lesson to everyone. So do not do that shit. Um, I remember my band director in high school, like he got like tennis elbow um, from like conducting, which I mean, typically you get it from playing tennis because you're, you know, you're moving your wrist like that. And you have to realize it's your entire arm. It's not just like your wrist. Like, so he was like, so he, I guess he got that because it makes sense with the conducting. And but I'm assuming there's more tennis players than conductors out there. I'm going to make a just a wild guess about that that there's more uh, tennis players than conductors so uh yeah so um let this be a lesson to everyone out there uh don't be an idiot and uh kind of understand like if you're a musician like understand how your arm muscles work and how your leg muscles work you just like you know you just have to know the fucking basics okay folks (laughs) all i have to say on steve Vai and the guy i go to the same guitar center as so that's all we have to say right now all right, here's our last article for the day. This is good uh, for a lot of people. It's from WTRF, which I assume is out of somewhere in North Carolina. Um, smoked at least 100 cigarettes in your lifetime? Then you can get vaccinated starting March 24th in North Carolina. North Carolina is moving to vaccinate those in Group 4 against COVID-19 beginning on March 24th. As part of that group, if you are a smoker, current or former, who has consumed at least 100 cigarettes in your lifetime, you too can get vaccinated, according to the North Carolina Department of Health of Human Services. The vaccination changes come as President Joe Biden announces Tuesday that the U.S. is on track to have enough COVID-19 vaccines doses for every adult by the end of may biden added that he would like to see enough vaccine doses for every educator and school worker to receive the first dose of the vaccine by the end of march he said he would direct every state to prioritize educators for vaccination also on tuesday merck and company incorporated announced it will help make rival johnson and johnson's single shot covid 19 vaccine in a partnership president biden called an example of good corporate citizenship The government will invoke the Defense Production Act to equip Merck's plans to be able to produce the Johnson Johnson vaccine, Biden said. Group 4 North Carolina is also composed of adults 16 to 64 years old at high risk for exposure and increased risk of severe illness, homelessness, and incarcerated people who have not been vaccinated are also included. NCDHHS also shared clarifications for Group 1 and 4. The definition of long-term care in Group 1 has been updated for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Higher risk medical conditions for group four include intellectual and developmental disabilities, including Down syndrome and neurological conditions such as dementia. 
This week, the federal government authorized the distribution of Johnson Johnson or Janssen. I don't know why they put that there. One shot vaccine in more than 80,000 doses are expected to arrive in the state beginning Wednesday. Fauci answers, can you have a dinner party if you're vaccinated? Question mark. And then Fauci says a third COVID-19 vaccine means North Carolina can get more people vaccinated sooner, which will save lives and slow the spread and said North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. Secretary Mandy K. Cohen, MD, in the release. Cooper says he will continue to advocate to increase vaccine supply in North Carolina since January 20th. The amount of vaccine received by the state has increased by 135%, according to data from NCDHS. Okay. I just burped through the line. That's how you know I'm nearing 30. Um, That's cool. But, like, I don't know if I don't think I've ever smoked 100 cigarettes. Um, but I, the idea in my mind is like someone just like binge smoking cigarettes, like letter one. I need the vaccine. Ugh. And they're just like coughing like crazy. Can't stop now. I'm addicted. <laughs> just doing that. They're doing one with fat people, too. I think in California, they're going to let them. It's like, well, maybe I need to gain some weight for my health. And <laughs> that's a good joke. But I feel like I think I had a conversation with some friends. It's like, I think the, I've been hearing that they've had to throw out some a couple vaccines just because storage and shit like that. Weird thing. So um, I, we're getting to a point. I think they're mass producing this shit on a high scale. Um, don't feel guilty if you get it before someone else. OK, just let's just all try to get it. I think I'm at the point. I think I'm going to just f- figure out how to how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do this, folks. And uh, that's how I'm gonna do, that's how I plan to be. They're like, you're you're young, but. I have some other problems I could probably justify it with. So, uh, in the words of uh, musician, I don't know if he's if he con- he's considered a rapper. I'm putting musician artist Black Bear. Fuck you and you and you. I hate your friends and they hate me too. All right, cool. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly. Most of you are already aware of Gamefly, but for those of you who don't, it's the best video game rental subscription service for one low monthly fee. As a Twitch streamer myself, I can tell you there are two types of games. There's the games that you go back to time and time again. For me, that's... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield are also games that I go back to time and time again. But you also have those types of games that you play once and then you never pick up again. And that's where I believe Gamefly is perfect for you gamers out there. Uh, most video games coming around $60 and this uh, with new consoles coming out uh, at the current moment. They can be upwards at $70 even then, and then you don't even include DLC when in regards to that. This is where Gamefly comes in perfectly, because for that one low monthly fee, you can just rent games, play them, and then when you're done with them, you send them back. I wasn't a big fan of Luigi's Mansion back when I played it in October, so I was easily able to send it back and get myself a new game in the process, which was perfect for me. Uh, Just start playing other games. Just be able to open your horizons on what games you want to play with Gamefly is my personal favorite thing so uh for the low monthly price your first two months if you use the link in our description your first two months are only ten dollars so stop wasting so much money on video games stop spending sixty dollars on a game you're only going to play once use the link in our description today and you can start playing game more games rent games play as long as you want and when you're done just send it back they will send you a new game to play it's that simple so use our link in the description today for your first two months of ten 
$10 with Gamefly. And just a reminder, when you support our sponsors, you also support this show. I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. They also have a fantastic clothing line so you can look good while you work out. Uh, with your purchase of any product with FNX Fitness, one thing I love is that they donate a gallon of water with every purchase you make to a child in need in a country that doesn't necessarily have clean drinking water, which is perfect. You get to feel good when you buy a product from FNX Fitness. Uh, you can start using their supplements. Work smarter, not harder with their supplements. That way you can get the most out of your workout, and so you no longer have to be fat. Hashtag pray for my So using the promo code SWEGCAST or the link in our description today, you can save 15% off your purchase with FNX Fitness. Again, that is 15% off of your purchase when you support FNX Fitness and get a product from them. And a reminder that when you support our sponsors, you directly support this show. So it's time for more Schwoke movie reviews where I watch movies that uh, were made slash released before 2010. Jeez, the seltzers just give you the burps. Go through movies that I've watched before 2010, and I come back at them with a new lens. A lens that you probably didn't think of when you watched the movie, uh, because you're not insane like me, and that's what makes it good. So uh, this week, I decided to watch Ratatouille, a Pixar film. Um, it's a weird when you have a, a film, you know, like from Pixar, which are notoriously known for making great movies. And uh, I really thought about this because this week I did think about the people talking about the Ratatouille musical that was going on and people submitting stuff. And I know they already did all that shit, but I was like, hmm, maybe I could write something and like me, I'll watch the movie, get some inspiration. Did write a song. Uh, I'm not going to air it this week because songs take a while to get done. And, uh, I'm just one man. I can only do so much for you folks. So um, it, it, it is, I kind of like the song, but uh, one day you may hear it. It's not, doesn't sound like music I actually make. It's very uh, singer song, musical piano-y type stuff. So it's a little new to me, but uh, no, it's cool. So that's the reason kind of I wanted to watch it, kind of see if I have inspiration. Maybe I could like write a song, maybe get added uh, to the musicale. So um. So let's just kind of like go through the movie and like I'll go through my thoughts as I'm watching the movie because uh, I had a lot of them. I'm not going to lie. I did have a lot of thoughts. So this is what you came here for me burping and talking about cartoons. So uh, like the movie starts out with this rat Remy um, played by Patton Oswald, who you forget is in the movie because for some I don't know. OK, I'm going to stop burping soon. OK. Uh, he has like a strong food palate for some reason, while the other rats don't, because typically rats just eat garbage and they're like, oh, we're good. We're, we're fine. We're, we're great. But not Remy. Remy is an unusually different rat. So, uh, so basically, uh, his whole cohort and family, they either live outside. I don't know. I think they live in the attic of the place and they kind of like sneak down, get some garbage. I don't, I couldn't remember that part. Um, 
but I don't remember. But anyways, well, no, they I think they did live in the attic because of later points. So Remy's always like trying to go down to the kitchen, get like special ingredients. Like maybe we could cook this and shit like that. And he's like, Remy, if that woman's <laughs> like his brother's like, Remy, if that woman sees you, she'll kill you. Uh, but anyways, like he's like, oh, I've gone on you all the time. I know what's going on. Uh, but Remy's actually, but like the family, everyone loves Remy because he checks everything for poison with his very nice palate. So, um, basically like they're going down, like trying to do some cooking shit and everything like that. And, uh, they get to like the kitchen and like look at the TV and then there's a uh, Gusto is a character is this humongously fat chef. And, um, no shame to anyone who is overweight and cooks really good. If I don't trust skinny chefs. I don't trust Gordon Ramsay. He's too skinny and in shape. There's some chefs out there who at one point were kind of fat, and then they just, like, di- knew how to diet and get down. So, like, you can trust them, but Gordon Ramsay, there's no way he's – with how, how in shape he is. Like, if you're in shape, you're not a good cook. Just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you don't at me on that. Uh, but, no, he's watching the cooking program, but then they announce he's dead. And then Rummy's like, he's dead? And to the human woman, is like, wink, wink, squeaks and shit like that. Then she wakes up, uh, pulls out a gun, and tries to just shoot them throughout her own home. And she's shooting so much in her home uh, that she, with so many holes in the ceiling, uh, the ceiling collapses with Remy's entire family. Uh, how do you not know 50 million rats are living in your attic? Um, you would hear that, I would assume. Uh, I would assume you hear multiple little footprints. I live on like the t- on a top floor apartment, and um, one time they did work on the roof on a Friday, the day I record this show, and they like there's na- you could see nails like damage that they've done, like how shitty of a job they did, and like I noticed that, and um, if I could notice that, I could definitely hear a bunch of little footprints you know like even if you live on a bottom floor apartment you hear your neighbors like it's not old news so be who you want to be folks okay um but yeah she shoots up the kitchen like she just shoots up her entire house she shoots up her entire i would never if i see a rat i'm getting like a physical weapon i'm not getting a gun like i'll get like a baseball bat a golf club and just start beating the shit out of it less damage that way um but still, the main point is you want to get the rat out of the house and then make sure there's no way for the rat to get back in the house. That's the point. You don't use a gun, folks. So if you have a rat in your house, all I can say is um, don't use a gun, idiot. Re- you Republican idiot. Which actually works with the R-word theory. Um, but yeah, no. So basically, I'm like, they're escape out of the old woman's house. They get on a river, and Remy gets lost from his tribe. Uh but then the ghost of Gusteau decides to lead Remy to his restaurant for some reason. Um, and once we get to the restaurant there, we meet Linguini. Um, is, it, is this movie based in Italy? No, it is based in France. And his name is Linguini. And he should be a good cook because his name sounds like pasta. But is he a good cook? No. Um, but he needs a job. And uh, Skinner, uh, the small, tiny uh, head chef, uh, lets him on as a garbage boy because apparently they needed one. So uh, good luck there. And it's amazing how everyone in Paris uh, speaks perfect English 
with just the slightest Italian accent, no, slightest French accent, and uh, it's great. I think they probably took the same course Thanos took when he invaded Earth in Infinity War and uh, Endgame. I like to assume it's like Muzzy, and if you don't know who Muzzy is, he might be too young to be listening to this program. Um, but nevertheless, I will allow you to keep going because I have a lot more important things to say to save your soul. Um, but so yeah, we meet Linguini, uh, and he should be a good cook cause he sounds like his name is pasta. Um, so like Remy, uh, with no self-control, mainly cause he's a rat and probably is pretty fucking stupid, uh, just starts cooking in the kitchen, like helping off the soup, like adding all these ingredients to the soup uh, but then he gets caught by Linguini, and Linguini, like, hides Remy in the kitchen. And then, like, uh, everyone's like, you are messing with the fucking soup. What the fuck are you doing right now? So, uh, you know, he's, you know, going back in there, and they're like, well, let's feed the soup to the guest who wants the soup. And then they send the soup out that Remy made to the lady, and... uh Turns out that was a food critic, and so, uh, and she really liked it. So, good things happening, uh, for Linguini, because he gets blamed for it, and, uh, basically shit like that, but, uh, then, so Remy sees that he can cook, but then, like, they catch the rat, and they're like, we gotta get rid of it, and then they catch it in a jar, and they're like, Remy, go, and kill this fucking thing, and so they go out, they go out and like he tries to kill him, but then he's like, "You understand me?" And Remy's like, "Yeah, because I can." He, and he can read too. I don't know how he learned how to read. Um, but then he like he's reading like understanding, and he's like, "You know what? Maybe you can help me, and uh, I won't kill you." And then Remy's like, "Oh, okay." And then Remy like initially runs away, but then he's like, "You know what? Maybe I will go back and cook for him." Uh, so then they team up, uh, but not without trust issues. There's trust issues throughout the entire film. Uh, so. Basically, uh, they're like, hmm, we've got to figure out, like, a hiding spot to, like, figure out where you can go, and that way you can help me cook these things, because now uh, Linguini is one of the bang chefs in the restaurant. So then, uh, so he's figuring out, like, hiding spots, and he actually considers putting a rat in his pants next to his peener and his ball sack. Now, I don't know about you, but the last place I would ever want to find a rat on me is in my nuts. Uh, because rats have bitey teeth, and he eventually, they do, he does biting all over the place on Remy, uh, on, no, Linguini. Um, so, but the, the idea that he actually hesitated for a second in to putting a rat, a wild rat, that can read and understand humans... The, the idea he even considers this is mind-blowing to me. Like, there was a pause with the nuts, like, putting it in the nuts. There was a pause in the movie, folks. Go on Di go on your Disney+. Plus. Like, you know, if you're listening to this show, you have Disney+. Plus. You don't pay for a lot of people and OnlyFans. Um, that's all I got to say there. Like, do not... Yeah, he considers it for a second. I cannot believe it. Well, then also, then after that, you know, hijinks ensue. He's like, put him in here. And he's like, Remy's like, I'm going to smell it. But he can't speak English. And then, like, they put it up there, and it doesn't work. And then all the hijinks ensue until they figure out that uh, for some fucking reason, um, Remy can be controlled by his hair. Like, when 
he pulls on one end, he's like, oh, and then he pulls on another, he's like, oh, and then like they figure out to walk around and he's like, oh, smell my hat. And that was another thing. Like no one thought that was suspicious. Like, hmm, is this ingredient good? Huh? Maybe uh, on top of my head. No, it's not. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyone didn't think that was fucking weird. Hmm. If I hold it up here, maybe it'll make a lot of sense like that. It would make a lot of sense, folks, if I just let my hair smell it. They do that. So they figure out that, and then they go into hijinks, you know, figuring out how to move him, which is weird. I don't know. I don't think that's realistic at all. Um, there's has to be some scientist out there uh, who knows that's not accurate, and Pixar should have uh, consulted anyone to tell you that probably doesn't work. Um, anyways, no, so, uh, oh, yeah, and then they meet. Then he has to, like, properly create the suit, which he gets right. Then he meets Colette, who goes on a long rant about how she's the only female chef because it's hard for women to make it in the cooking industry, which is very, which is something we're going actually woke for a moment because it might have been just like a blind spot for me, but uh, I didn't know like cooking was sexist, like I guess. And I, I, I told some female friends, females uh, about it and they were like, yeah, so women cook mainly for women things, but men cook for money. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that makes that makes sense. So, y'all don't be sexist about people cooking. Women can cook too. <laughs> I know, I know, y'all didn't know that, but women can cook too. So, um, these are straight facts coming to you right now uh, from me. Uh, important news bulletin: Women can cook. I bet you didn't know that, but they do, and they're just as good as men. Uh, I'm pretty sure if we're going top chefs of all time, um, I'm probably sure it's 50, 50 men and women. I can't imagine it's like more men than women in that situation. It has to, I, I have to think it's 50, 50 and the best cooks of all time. Um, but that's a rant, uh, for someone else, because I don't know if I'm qualified for that. It's like maybe a rant for Guy Fieri or one of Guy Fieri's friends. Uh, that's the only chef I respect is Guy Fieri and Guy Fieri's friends. So, um, Okay, so then, um, so then there's a twist in the movie. Turns out, uh, Linguini is Gusto's secret son. Now, I bet you're all shocked here because, uh, Gusto was morbidly obese, and I'm assuming that was the cause of his death. I can't imagine it's not. And, um, I, if he was probably recreated and one of the fat people in Wally. Um, we're just gonna make an assumption there that that he was in Wally too, um, and, but it was recreated. Uh, he was cloned uh, because they all needed something from him. Um, but then we find out it's Gusto's secret son, um, which I didn't realize he was clapping cheeks. Imagine Gusto. Look up a picture of Gusto uh, from Ratatouille and imagine him clapping cheeks. I don't. Because it looks, it would more likely, it wouldn't be gross to me, it would be sad. Um, imagining him cooking, uh, clapping cheeks. Uh, but Chef Skinner's upset uh, because uh, somehow in his will, uh, the, the, main, the next chef in his restaurant received all his money. Not, the, uh, not any relative of his. Uh, and, then you, and that's for me when I realized that Skinner's not small 
uh, because of any genetic problems. He's small because he's a little bitch, and he is our main antagonist of this story. As we have learned, he is short because he's a bitch. So sometimes, uh, most of the time, when someone has a genetic problem or a disability, it's because they're, uh, because just, you know, life takes its toll on everyone. Uh, but sometimes it's because you're a bitch. And remember, like I said, that for uh, Burgermeister Meisterburger, that's why he's in a wheelchair. And for, uh, oh yeah, a Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life, uh, he's in a wheelchair because he's a bitch. And uh, Skinner is short because he's a bitch. Sometimes God does the right thing and jot that down. Uh, it's in the Bible. I always know, I you can always say that, and it usually works. But uh, Skinner is small because he's a bitch. And then, uh, so, um, and then, so, okay, yeah, and then Skinner starts getting really, like, suspicious of, Re of, uh, over Remy. He thinks, he keeps seeing the rat, he thinks, which he probably, which he is, and he's, like, going crazy about it. So he takes Linguini into his office and starts getting him real drunk to try to get him to confess. Now, this was all before the Me Too movement. Um, I would have assumed that he would have tried to have sex with him. If I didn't already know, this was a children's film. But um, if this was real life, folks, in real life, if your boss asks you to come to your office and drinks a lot with you, and I'm speaking to the women here, uh, I'm assuming you would probably already know this, but if your boss wants you to come to his office and uh, gets you drunk, um, just say no to that because sounds like something bad's going to happen. Uh, this is why kids' movies has ruined our lives. I was like, oh, I'll try trust my boss. He won't rape me if he gives me an entire bottle of wine. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, he doesn't confess because uh, Linguini is a ride or die, and also that's his job. So, he doesn't need a reason to get fired. Um, so, it doesn't work, but Remy is outside just, like, eating his food, and then... Uh, he reunites with his brother and his family, and, uh, you know, they kind of do a kerfuffle because Remy's like, I'm going to live with Linguini, but it's nice knowing you. I'm going to come and visit all the time like a normal people were. But that's not how rats work because rats are not human, and uh, this is a cartoon. So um, so they get into an argument like, we got to stick together because we have to build our tribe and stay alive together. And then he takes him to the, the dead rat shop where there's just like a bunch of dead rats hanging on the wall. No one's eating rats. Like, are you selling dead rats? How is that a business? Is it, uh, it's France. I'm sorry, I forgot. It's France. France would sell dead rats to people. It's like, here's your rats. But it's also a rat poison store. Uh, we got the dead rats and then we got the rat poison uh, for you. Uh, take it all. Whatever you want, it's on. We'll help you out. We're just trying to make a sale. A business is struggling right now because no one wants to buy dead rats. Um, but we get a couple get a couple customers in for the uh, rat poison, which is actually useful, but no one for the dead rats. So um, I don't get this store. I don't get this store at all. It's just a bunch of dead rats hanging on a wall. I'm like, Come and buy your dead rats. It doesn't. Ha it has to smell eventually, though. Right? Like, like with, like, beef and stuff like that, they, like, do some shit to it where it's, like, uh, they cut it and shit, like, they skin it. I, I don't know. I don't 
hang out with dead animals. I just cook them and eat them. Uh, but no, like, what? I don't understand this fucking dead rat store. It makes no sense to me besides the rat poison. And also, like, why are you having a store specifically for rat poison? Like, that's such a niche market. Like, I obviously, like, a bike store or a guitar store makes sense. I mean, mainly, you sell, like, at a bike store, you sell bikes. And you probably sell wheels and shit like that based on it. But with the rat po- rat stores, like, we sell dead rats and rat poison. That's all we sell. That's all we sell. It's such a niche market. And that's a problem I have with France. Uh, but I also don't know a lot about France. So um, I should probably research France before I start talking any more shit about them. But uh, nevertheless, Remy still believes in humanity and uh, uh, goes back to Linguini to help him. Uh, So he finds, oh yeah, no. So Skinner was like, oh, I need you to clean the entire fucking kitchen. Uh, Even though I just got you drunk, really drunk. And Linguini's like, fuck you, but fine. Fuck you and I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, so he's, he passed out halfway through cleaning like anyone would after getting severely drunk and passing out. But then Remy finds him and is like, I'll, I'll help him get up and get his shit going. Uh, turns out, uh, Remy can reanimate Linguini when he, when he's passed out. When he's passed, when like, when he's not moving and, uh. Has, has this whole kerfuffle argument with Colette because he's not conscious and she's getting mad at him and uh, which leads to an argument and they go outside and Linguini is about to uh, like reveal Remy to her but when he pulls up the hat he reanimates Remy uh, Linguini to move forward and then they kiss obviously normal movie fashion obviously love interest we found the love interest folks um we did it. We found a love interest, and uh, it's better than ever, folks. The one chick in the restaurant. Who knew the one woman in this movie is the love? Well, besides the grandma who shot up her own home, who turns out the the only other woman in this movie was the love interest. And but Remy does not want women. He he only loves cooking food. So, and I guess. Uh, Remy, okay, then Remy, like, Remy, his family, his brother and his friends are, like, wanting food. So Remy's like, fuck, fine, I'll, like, go into, uh, to get the food, but the, the refrigerator-type place is closed, so he sneaks into Skinner's office, where he discovers, uh, where, that Linguini is, uh, the heir to Gusto's restaurant, um, but obviously Skinner walks in, they have a little fight, and he runs away, and he gets away, and gets it to Linguini, and Linguini finds out, becomes the owner of the restaurant, and uh, Skinner gets fired, and uh, in his unemployment, uh, instead of just finding a new job, what Skinner decides to do is uh, stalk Linguini, because um, now he has no job, so he has a lot of free time, and in his free time, he wants to let, uh, he wants to figure out uh, what Linguini's relationship to this rat is which is adorable uh, for a little man uh, who is also a bitch, which is the reason why he's little, if you didn't know. Uh, like, he, uh, he even calls a health inspector saying there's a rats in the restaurant. He's like, well, we'll come in three months, which is also a weird thing as we come up to later. So 
But then we get to the final act of this movie. Uh, Linguini and Remy get into like a little fight uh, uh, when he's like on like getting interviewed for the TV. And he's like, my inspiration's Colette. And he's like, I'm not going to fucking say a rat is my inspiration. Um, uh, we'll get shut down immediately. And uh, so they get into a fight about that. Um, very, very one-sided, if I do say so myself. Uh, so Remy's like, oh, I don't need you goes away but then he's like oh i actually probably need him um so then like remy then like he remy runs into his family again like we want food come get us some food he's like you know what fuck it bring the whole tribe they all come in sneak into the kitchen like they're all getting their food but uh linguini comes back to the restaurant like wanting to apologize uh, because he can't do it without him and uh then he catches his entire cohort of rats and he's like you're still using me because there's trust issues between a rat and a human who would have guessed that two species that don't speak the same language are having problems with trust? So, but also, so, so Remy's like, oh, I'm done with you. And then they, they leave. Uh, and then Anton Ego shows up to the restaurant and he's like, uh, I heard you guys got better food now. And uh, I'm being a little bitch right now for some reason. Uh, mainly because he says he doesn't swallow food he doesn't like. And uh, he's probably just hungry. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that's the problem with him. And so uh, anyway, so I think Remy is like, I'm still I still know I need to help him with this ego situation. Uh, ego is the last name of this, this dude um, who's malnourished. And uh, so like, oh, yeah. And then like Skinner sets up a little trap and traps him and then throws him in the trunk of his car. Um, and Ego is there talking to the waiter. He's like, hmm, I want some wine. How about some perspective? I'm like, the guy's like, what? And he gives this, like, I'll have perspective, and uh, you will bring me the food. I'm like, can you just shut the fuck up right now? This is the stupidest fucking conversation I've ever heard in my entire life. And I used to live in Missouri. So uh, that's all I have to say. And then um, where, am I, where am I at my notes? Um. Uh, Oh yeah, and so eventually, uh, you know, the ghost of Gusto uh, gives him a little pep talk. Uh, this is the part where I actually wrote the song for. Like, Gusto gives him a pep talk. He's like, "I'm not a rat. I'm not. I don't. I don't belong with the rats. I don't belong with the humans. What am I?" And he's like, "You're you." That's the song I wrote for this. If it I ever release it, uh, but no, he's like, "Yeah, that." And then his family breaks him out and uh, gets to the door. So when once Remy's at the door, all the kitchen staff is like, "Rat!" And then. Like they're all about to kill the rat, and then Linguini jumps and he's like, "Stop it, everyone! Stop it!" And he gives this gay little speech about how uh, this rat has been cooking for him all along, and that. And then everyone just quits on the spot because they're like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" And is that what you do in a job? Because I've worked jobs where there's a lot of stupid shit that's going on, and I've stayed because I need the paycheck. Um, but not in this situation, though. No, not in this one. So, not that. So, then, okay, so, Remy is, they realize that Remy is, it's just Remy and Linguini. Uh, eventually, Colette returns because she's on a moped and sees a bookstore with Gusto's book that said anyone can cook, and they're like, you know what, fuck it, a rat can cook, and then like she she goes back because uh, that's the dick she's riding. Um, but then Remy gets his army of rats to help him cook and uh, everything, and L Linguini is going to wait tables because that's 
the best situation um, for that since the wait staff is all gone. It's like, well, let's have the one person who's not cooking um, wait tables. That's how I think places work. Um, and yeah, so the rats are doing all this shit, led by Remy uh, doing that. Then the, like the health inspector walks in, and when they're like, uh, I'll, I'm not going to be able to see that for like three months. But then like conveniently the day, like he walks in unannounced. Are health inspectors allowed to just come in unannounced? I don't know how restaurants work. But then they, uh, they're like, what meal are we going to make for Ego? Because I guess he didn't decide anything. And they're like, let's make this dish called Ratatouille. That's the name of the movie, folks. We got the name of the movie. And so... They make Ratatouille for him. He eats it, and he has a flashback to his childhood. That's how good it is, to, like, when his life was better. Um, so a malnourished man eats his first meal in forever, um, and eventually he wants to meet the chef, and they have to wait till closing, and then they take out the rat, show him all, everything that's going on, and then Ego's, like, not phased at all, a little confused at first, but, then, but not really phased. Um... And then, but, you know, he liked the meal, so he was not a dick. He gave a good review. Um, but then we get to the end of the movie where um, they had to let the health inspector go uh, from the rats tying him up. And uh, they basically, they shut that shit down immediately. <laughs> like, an army of rats cooking, like, this can't be, this can't be safe. And so the movie ends, and, and Ego loses all credibility, but he likes the food so much uh, because it's the only food he actually will eat. And so now he's being nourished. And so the movie ends them opening a new restaurant called Ratatouille. Um, but I believe everyone at, who goes to the restaurant is okay with the rat cooking. So that's how the movie ends. So, folks, we're, we live in a society, everyone. We are living in a society. And all I can say from this point, um, you know... You know, honestly, I don't even know the fucking, I feel like there's like morals to movies. Like, I feel like there's morals or like meanings to movies. Is the meaning of a movie, even a rat can do anything? Or a rat can achieve greatness? Is that the moral of this story? Um, I mean, I just finished Wild Division, but no spoilers. Uh, it's kind of about love and loss. Like, that's kind of the, the idea of in grieving. Like, this idea of grieving. Like, the meaning of it. Like, what you do to, you know, grieve someone. I mean, so we get to this point. Like, what's the purpose of this story? Like, obviously, I think, like, watching it's good. But then when you critically think about it, um, like, the story makes Like, story-wise, like, the story makes sense. But when you think about, like, what's the meaning of this story? Um, rats can cook food. Sometimes, very occasionally. That's the meaning of this story. And why do we, why do we fall, Master Wayne, uh, to stand back up again, I believe is the quote. Um, overall, though, you know, I'm still weirded out by a whole woman just shooting up her entire house. Like, that's very stupid. Um, there's an all, another question. Would you let a rat cook you food? If he was in, like, the hat of Linguini, you know? Like, because he's not really contacting your food at all. Still in, like, a clean environment. Just a singular rat on someone's head. And also, what, ha what would happen if Remy had to poop on his head? Did he just let, let it go? 
I gotta poop. Did you just fucking shit in my hair right now? <laughs> but no. Um, I don't know. Maybe I will get that song done for the Ratatouille musical. I haven't necessarily decided I want to yet, but um, we will see. Change is always happening in this world, and uh, everything happens for a reason. But a lot of those reasons are not good reasons. And uh, Pixar decided to make a movie about a rat cooking. And so some days I feel down and then I think about a rat cooking food. And I decide that things aren't always as bad as I think they are. So we have that. So that's my thoughts on Ratatouille, a movie by Pixar starring Patton Oswalt and no one else I know. So, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Drizzly. Uh, Going to the liquor store is a hassle, and since we already get our food and other goods from other delivery apps delivered to us, Drizzly is here for our alcohol needs. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know, it's saying something when it's being called the Amazon for liquor. Uh, Use the link in our description today. You can get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fees, so get $5 off your first order by using Drizzly. Uh, Use that link in our description. And remember, when you support our sponsors uh, and use our links for these, you directly support this show. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Are you depressed? Feeling too lazy to cook for yourself? Are you wanting to support local restaurants in your area because they're struggling due to the pandy? Well, DoorDash is here to save the day. If you don't know of DoorDash, they bring you food you are craving directly to your door. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local favorites and your favorite national chains such as Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory. Your favorite restaurant is still open for delivery, so download the DoorDash app using the link in the description of this episode. It's all contactless delivery to keep my community and yours safe. Get $10 off each of your first three DoorDash orders over $15 when you sign up using the link in the description. Again, that's $10 off your first three orders over $15 when you use the link in our description. And when you support our sponsors, you also support this show. All right, so it's now time for me to give you relationship advice and i know what we're all thinking why are you so good at giving love advice i got others to a treasure i cannot possess uh but i know everything and uh y'all already knew that that's why you're listening to this show right now um and let's get into um this uh the relationship i received for this week um i refuse to date a trans co-worker am i being transphobic am i being transphobic and what do i do now I had been talking to a chick, Jane. I had been talking to each other. Uh, let's call her Jane. Uh, Jane and I have been talking to each other for like a week or two, and she had sort of come out to me. She was trans and asked if that it was a deal breaker. She was talking about dating here. I said yes because I feel uncomfortable dating a trans woman and because I want kids one day. I've been called transphobic by her and her friends 
for my refusal to date trans women. I don't think that anyone is entitled to anyone's body, period. And trans women are not entitled to mine. Am I really being a transphobic asshole? What should I do now at this point? I can't really be forced to date a trans woman. I'm so scared that I might get reported to HR for transphobia or some shit. Um, I mean, so obviously, um, I think you're, we're on the same page here. You're, you, you are a believer. Trans women are women. That is a hundred percent true. I'm fully on board with saying trans women are women. Uh, uh, no, if, ands, or, but about it. Um, but no, um, deal, there's deal, like with anyone, there's deal breakers in the situation. I don't think the, the deal breaker for you, it's not because she is, she's, trans necessarily it's because you want kids someday and even though she is a woman she won't be able to have kids so you'd have to adopt which is cool i mean to do um but also if she still has a penis um that would be a deal breaker i mean i, I wouldn't mind dating a trans woman if she had the bottom surgery i'm like i'll try it out see how good that doctor did you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh but no like the the penis I'm like this is gonna be a deal breaker for me um because I don't like penis. This, this is the deal breaker right now. I like them vaginas. So, I mean, oh yeah, even though your deal breaker is, but your deal breaker is you want kids, kids of your own one day. And if that's a priority for you in life, and that would be something that's going to be a deal breaker, it's fine. I don't think it's anything for you being transphobic if, at all. I would not say you're being transphobic at all. Like, it looks like you were talking even liking each other and didn't even notice uh, that she was trans. So, like, good on you. Good on her. She's she's pulling it off. I just always want to know if I was trans. Like, I want to pull it off. That's, like, my main goal with being trans. Be like, I want to pull this shit off. But, no, I feel like you you maybe have to have a real conversation with her. Be like, look, I'm, I don't, there's nothing wrong with trans women. It's just something I'm not going to be good with like there's women out there who are like i only date black guys like for some reason that's okay but when a guy's like i don't date trans women like you know you're just transphobic i'm like no it's not transphobic uh just there's there's a difference between uh believing like trans women are women and there's a and between that and like i don't want to stick my dick in that or i don't want to stick my dick in in a trans in a butthole of someone with a penis Okay. There's a, there's difference. There's deal breakers. Like you, like there's being a decent human and there's like people you want to like ride or die with. Also an EP bum me out now, wherever you get your music. So, uh, you're not being transphobic. Uh, they're using that because she's upset that she got rejected, which is typical when you get rejected. No one likes getting rejected ever for anything. Uh, it's like work related, career related, love related no one likes getting rejected so this idea that like you just gotta let people be upset you know shit like that you might not be friends anymore so i mean that might happen just don't be a dick that's all i can say don't be a dick uh, that's the best thing you can do so um lesson of today's episode folks is don't be a dick because if you're a dick things could happen and that's society for you we know we're living in a society and i have to live in it and so i've made that your problem 
And nevertheless, he will persist. So uh, time for me to move on to another question uh, before anyone else thinks I'm transphobic, uh, because I'm not, because uh, I don't care enough to be transphobic. Uh, to be like homophobic or transphobic, uh, you actually have to care a lot. And I don't care about about it that much. And so um, this is the cross I bear uh, that you gave to me, um, or cross-eyed bear, depending on how you interpret uh, an Alanis Morissette song. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, girlfriend said she doesn't understand my need to see her that often. Uh, context, we saw each other four times in three weeks. She says she can't feel attachment to people. Otherwise, she told me before that it's been a long time since she's met someone like me. Now, she did not reply to my text for an for the entirety of the day. Any advice, please? I am really into her. Uh, this bitch sounds toxic as fuck, my buddy. Um, the idea is that she can't feel attachment to people. Um, sounds like you're a millennial. Uh, sounds like you're, used to are millennials. And yeah, I don't know. That's a right. That's a huge reflection. She can't feel attachment to people. Um, sounds like you're way into her and, uh, she's not that into you. That's all I'm going to really say here. Uh, she doesn't understand my need to see her that often. Like, yeah, the reason he wants, you don't understand that, uh, he likes you, bitch. That's the reason why, uh, he wants to be around you all the time. Uh, when you like someone, you want to hang out with them a lot. It's just science. Uh, that's, that's how life works. Um, you might be too fucking stupid to understand. That's how life works. When you like someone, you want to be around them a lot. That's how we do life. Um, sounds like you're a little Republican and, uh, you don't, you don't get this shit. So honestly, um, Best advice I can give you, my boy, um, I understand it's not going to work out, but, um, if you're having a lot of sex, keep that, keep that up, because, um, you got some mileage with people on how many times you're going to be able to have sex with them, and, uh, once you reach a certain mileage, it's not going to have sex anymore. We're not objects, people. I'm not saying we're objects. This goes for men and women. This is, like, a mutual thing. Like, you only got so many fucks in with a person until things are done. Like, it's just how life works. Like, you only have so many fucks in your life with, the, with certain people. And eventually, one day, you run out of the fucks you get to have with that person. Because uh, that's the way it is. And uh, we live in a society, folks. We live in a society. That's all I can say is that we live in a society. And uh, sometimes, you, one day, you're going to meet the fuck that you gets you through your entire life. Who will be there for you. Always, if that's the shit you're into. Unless you're like this bitch, who is not into that shit. That's society for you. Okay, next. Let's go to the next one. How much should I change for my girlfriend? Very interesting question. I have been dating my girlfriend for almost two months. We moved in together a couple weeks into the relationship since we both had trouble paying rent, so it was easier. At first, she wanted me to make changes like no more video games and other stuff you could expect from moving in with your significant other. But I feel like the changes have been getting more and more intense. Lately, she only wants me to wear clothes that she bought for me, which aren't at all in the style I normally wear. I usually dress in plaid or plain shirts, but she has me wearing hoodies and ripped jeans. She made a list of things I'm not allowed to talk about or mention, which I'm supposed to memorize. She has blocked certain people on my phone without telling me. Most importantly, she wants me to give my dog to my parents. 
I try to talk to her, but she freaks out whenever I bring it up and she knows I'm not confrontational at all. So she knows I'll just let it go. Maybe this is all normal and I'm being overdramatic, but I don't know. I feel like she wants me to be a completely different person. What should I do? Okay. Um, she wants you to get rid of a dog. Uh, maybe she should live with your parents and, uh, the dog stays with you because, uh, Dogs are pure and innocent creatures, and they can only be fucked up by humans. So, uh, do not get rid of the fucking dog. If she, if she's, you're gonna move in and live together, and someone has a dog, the dog's coming with you. The dog is coming with you, okay? You don't get rid of the dog. That's, that's shit. Do not get rid of the dog. The dog is staying. You got to be firm with that. You're going to have to be confrontational in that situation. Always stay with that. Um, uh, you can always just give her away and you know, give her, have her live with your parents. That sounds like a better plan from what it's sounding like here. Um, so no more video games and stuff like that. The clothing one is, there's, there's a weird thing with the clothing one. Like if she likes that, what you wear that, but you prefer to wear this. That's a weird thing. Rip jeans, hoodies and rip jeans. That's, I don't, I don't, I'm not understanding the fashion difference there. So I'm going to avoid that topic. Um, blocking certain people on your phone. That's toxic behavior. Uh, that means she does not trust you. And, uh, maybe we got to figure out what is the reason why she doesn't trust you. Um, the dog is, yeah. And she freaks out every time you bring it up because, I think she doesn't want it. So, yeah, I think she does have an idea of a perfect man and is trying to mold you into that idea. And in most relationships, if you think that at the beginning, um, it does not work out. It does not work out that way. If you think you're going to be able to change someone, uh, you will not be changing someone. You can't change someone. You can't change another person. Um, you can help them move in a different direction if it's something, a toxic behavior, but a lot of times you're not going to be able to change someone. So she's going to have to stop trying to change you. Um, better, best thing for you to do is to, um, stay the way you are. And, uh, some minor things you can always probably change. I like work things out as a couple, but yeah, do not change for this bitch because it does not sound like she's worth it, uh, to you or, um, to your dog, because it sounds like your dog is a pure soul and uh you should buckle down on the dog at least um if you're not going to take anything else i say um yeah she's gonna eventually she's gonna have to learn that like oh this is the guy you're with um you're not changing me for shit and then she's gonna be like oh i guess i love them still so i guess i'll stay the way i am and uh then she might not put out for a while anyways <laughs> next question going on rants uh, girlfriend hates video games. Uh, my girlfriend gets upset if I want to play video games since she thinks it takes away from our time together. It is really starting to bug me and seems minor, but it's a red flag for me. Big picture. She will constantly watch her TV shows during the day in bed with her headphones, etc. In most cases without me, which is fine. I hate watching TV, let alone her shows, which are mostly reality TV and relationship dramas. I've tried a few times to watch with her, but it is just not for me. 
I would like some fresh ideas from others on how to present my case to her. I want her to have her vices, and I want time to have mine without feeling guilty. I have already tried talking to her about it, letting her know that I love spending time with her. I believe we should both be able to do our thing, but it is hypocritical to demand I don't play video games, but she can watch her shows. She says it's different, but doesn't slash can't explain why. I think this will give some insight into how she operates in these situations, and I'm curious. Any ideas? So, um... I play video games with my friends, and um, I just say, I'm like, she can play with us. And uh, so that's my best suggestion for you, to have your girlfriend, or is it, did you say girlfriend or wife? What did you say? Girlfriend, okay. You said your girlfriend doesn't like pl you playing video games. Invite her to play with you. Get her a setup. If you're a PC gamer... I don't think this. you have a girlfriend, so you don't count. Like, uh, Set up like a LAN party situation, so you're playing together, and it's a little fun. Get a Nintendo Switch. Uh, depending on the game you play, it's probably on Switch. You can, one can be handheld, one can be on uh, the Xbox or the PlayStation. You know, fun. Just do that together, and you have more quality time. Create a Discord server. Play with your friends. Like The situation here is that she wants you to spend time with her, but she thinks video games take that away from her. The idea is you got to get her into video games so you can both do it together. Cause you, you're definitely strong on, uh, that you do not like her TV shows, but I think she could be probably get on board to the idea of playing games with you. Um, I guess you were in a situation where you like playing video games, but she never really got into it. And so, uh, you just kept moving on and then figured out, um, that, yeah, it's different. Like, but if you figure out that she likes playing video games too, like you get her into it, then it's like bonding time. You play together. We create. You create a Fortnite team. Um, the other day, I was playing Fortnite with my usual group: fifty percent women, fifty percent men. Uh, all he, him, slash her, his, her, she, hers, in the group. So we're a pretty woke group, and. Uh, you know, we got our asses whipped. We f like we were playing against Ninja. We figured that out. It was, we were playing against Ninja. We got our fucking asses handed to us like pretty quickly. It was we're like we just play against Ninja. Like I know he has like a custom skin and uh, usually just like an anonymous username. I think we play against Ninja, but um, yeah, no, just play video games together. That's all you need to do. I don't know why you're making a big deal, but she's making a big deal out of it. Just ask her to play video games with me. Like, Hey, maybe I know like you want to spend time with me. Why don't we just play video games together? And then, uh, do not best suggestion. I'll be, do not make fun of her for being bad. That's going to be a good thing to not do. Do not make fun of her for being bad. Um, that's going to make her mad. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, uh, do not do that ever for any reason whatsoever. Uh, no matter who you're with, uh, where you're from, who you could be, who you are, and everything else in the world, uh, don't uh, do that shit because that's not going to help you get laid ever. And I'm here to help you know to uh, don't talk shit to someone if you want to have sex with them unless they're into that shit. Uh, then keep doing it because that's going to be the best thing for you. All right. Um, next up. Boyfriend has ongoing bad hygiene issues. Lost caused? Question mark? Preface. Preface. Preface? Preface? 
If your advice is break up with him, don't bother commenting. I'm on my last nerve with him and already there mentally. I'm writing this for answers to why. Thanks in advance, guy. Just guy. Thanks in advance, guy. Like, yeah. Um, so I've known my boyfriend a long time before dating, and I knew he wasn't big on wearing deodorant. At the time, I didn't care at all because we were just friends. When we started dating, I had to talk to him about both his body odor and smoking habits. I insisted he bathed regularly, applied deodorant as needed, washed his hands, and brushed his teeth after smoking. He did okay with the deodorant and bathing requests, but never got the hang of brushing his teeth or washing his hands before touching me slash after smoking a cigarette. He won't chew gum or use mouthwash because he doesn't like mint, but will drink a chocolate mint milkshake twice a week, no problem. It's been two years now, and I still have to ask him constantly to wash his hands and brush his teeth. And every time I do, he gets upset. He has developed athlete's foot, and for about three months, I've had to constantly beg him to either use the Dr. Scholl's I bought for him or just keep his feet away from me. Yet, every day when he comes home from wherever he plops right next to me on the couch, puts his stinky feet right up near my face, and often talks to me within two feet of my nose, perfectile breathing cigarette breath at me while talking about his day. Recently, I also discovered skid marks in his underwear in the laundry room basket. We barely have sex, and I am so physically repulsed by him and his odors. Breath, cigarettes, armpits, feet, ass, all combined. I'm at the breaking point that I'm going to leave if he doesn't shave up. The fact he smells, the smells can be fixed with proper hygiene, obviously. What is really bothering me is that I consistently, multiple times a day slash hour, have to tell him he smells and to please stay away from me. Every time he asks, acts as though it is it's his first time hearing this and often acts upset that I'm being mean. I was nice the first 2 years I had to smell your rank mouth ass and armpits. I'm tired of being nice. I'm tired of smelling things that make me want to vomit only just to realize it's coming from a human. We used to sleep together, but he would always face me in the bed and end up snoring his terrible, awful breath directly up my nose all night to the point I actually had dreams. I was changing a diaper or cleaning a gas station toilet only to wake up to the stench that is my boyfriend an inch away from breathing into my face from his gaping cigarette trap. I get that he can fix these issues so easily, but I don't understand why he won't fix his hygiene. Why does he enjoy being told constantly that he smells? Why is he okay being the smelly guy? Why doesn't he feel bad or insecure about these smells? I'm not the only one who has noticed his friends often make remarks too. What the fuck is wrong with him? And no, he doesn't have medical issues. He saw a doctor about it and she confirmed it is his hygiene. P.S. I told him I refuse sex until he wipes his ass properly and it hasn't motivated him at all. Why? So the last part of this is very interesting. Um, sex is a motivating factor for men. Uh, for men, we have to go out and conquer things to impress the ladies to get the sex. And that's the reason we do everything. That's why men have built castles. That's why um, men have written albums titled, or EPs titled Ride or Die that are out wherever you listen to your music. And and the reason we do that stuff is to get our penis touched. That's kind of our main motivator. And we think, like, well, no, you just want to be satisfied in life. Well, part of being satisfied in life is eating and uh, getting your dick touched. Uh, so that's a big thing. 
there's there's like some big there's some mental health issues with this guy. Um, if he, after so many times, like if sex not a motivating factor for him, like no, this idea is just like he's reviewing. Like you're like I'm not having sex with you till you wipe your ass properly, and he's like, all right, well I, I just guess I just won't have sex. Like it's just disgusting. This dude is. I'm almost thinking this guy is a lost cause. Um, only thing you can do is harass him. Like, do not sit on this couch until you brush your teeth or uh, chew some gum or something like that. I'm like, does he necessarily need to do mint? No, just give him like a tic tac. Just be like, bitch, I don't care if you don't like it. You're taking it. The the fact that every time you try to fix him, it's just it's so weird. And like, doctor be like, you need to clean yourself properly. Honestly, I'm I'm getting to a point. I'm looking here. I think he's a lost cause. I'm looking at the situation. Um, this guy's a lost call. The only thing I can really say is if he's not just, I, I'm always against the ultimatum thing. Uh, but I'm not going to say this is necessarily too many ultimatums. Like, look, I can't deal. This, these are, I think this, I'm going to say it's not an ultimatum. It's a deal breaker for you. You're just like, look, if you can't get your hygiene together, I, we have to break up because I can't deal with how gross you are. Like this is, I, I love you, but this is becoming a deal breaker and I can't do this anymore. And I, I know you're like, you know, I like his personality. I'm like, well, you know what? You, you can, you can't change your personality, but you can change your hygiene and make it better. Hygiene is one of those things. I, I get women are gross too. I'm like, I can't, I don't date gross women like that. That's I'm like out of my league. I'm like, if I have to shower and smell good, you have to shower and smell good. We're equal. Men and women are equals in this world. And if you're not cleaning yourself, you better because that's you're fucking disgusting. Um, only thing, yeah, the best thing I can say, like, you're not necessarily making an ultimatum. You're dealing with a deal breaker situation. Like, you can't deal with the situation anymore. If you can't change this one detail, like, you know, women put ultimatums like, we don't want to get married. But then, like, but like, your hygiene is not, shouldn't be a ultimatum. Your hygiene should just be you fucking taking care of yourself. That's all I can say. Like, your hygiene, it's just you taking care of yourself. I can't express any more of that. Your hygiene is just take, it's part of taking care of yourself. So there's probably, I'm saying, there's probably like a mental issue going on here. So that's all I can, that's all I'm really thinking here is like, there's no, uh, there's some sort of mental issue because a lot of times if you have anxiety, like cleaning, I have a problem. I have a problem with cleaning. I clean myself, but like my home and stuff like that, you're just like, you just get overwhelmed with anxiety. So it sounds like he probably has some mental issues. Maybe see a therapist. Um, but the therapist will require him taking a shower first. So maybe, maybe he'll have to do that. So maybe, uh, two birds with one stone. Um, he doesn't want to put a title on it yet. Okay. Sounds like we're looking at some millennials. So let's get going. I've been seeing this guy. Let's call him Josh. All right. There's another red flag right there. His name is Josh. There's a red flag. You have to choose between Josh and Steve. You're choosing Steve. Uh, no one named Josh is a real adult. Uh, I've been, let's call him Josh for a little over a month. Now we met at a party and had casual sex for two weeks until we admitted we were catching feelings for each other. He took me out on a date a few days after the confession and we have been dating since. I've also met most of his friends since then, and they've told me that he talks about me a lot and that they've approved 
that they approve of us dating. Josh is affectionate with me when we're in public. He's really sweet and remembers the little things about me. He even bought me a new neck pillow, a new pillow, when I mentioned that the current pillow was hurting my neck. A week ago, Josh told me that he had deleted Bumble off of his phone. I felt happy hearing this, and I told him that I had turned down two dates the past week. I asked if this meant we were exclusive. He responded, I want to be careful and don't want to put a title on it yet. Typical millennial talk here. Uh, as a current millennial myself, I can tell you uh, that's a conversation I've had. Uh, I thanked him for his honesty, and we had a great time on a hiking date. Here's the thing. My head is telling me that it's good that we're now taking it slow, but I can't help but feel anxious hearing his answer. Josh has been saying things like, my friends think we'd be great together in serious relationship, and he talks about future plans. He's invited me to his friend's birthday dinner next weekend, and a camping trip is in the works for about a month from now. And when Josh gets called my boyfriend in public now, he just smiles and accepts it as is. I worry that my red flag radar is off because my last relationship was an abusive one with a man who pressured me to move in with him after two weeks of dating. I did, and it was a nightmare. I'm I'm used to whirlwind romances with narcissistic personalities, so not putting a label on what Josh and I have right now feels out of the norm for me. I also worry that Josh isn't ready for a serious relationship, although he says he's looking for one. He got a divorce two years ago, and from what I've gathered from what Josh and his his friends have told me he and his ex just weren't compatible personality-wise, and the relationship brought out the worst in both of them. I told Josh two days ago that if he ever felt like he couldn't pursue something serious with me, that I'd prefer his honesty and that I didn't want to be led on. Josh replied, if I was leading you on, I wouldn't have introduced you to my friends and I wouldn't be making future plans with you. He knows about the insecurities that have stemmed from my ex and he was sweet and gentle about it. Am I crazy for wanting to call Josh my boyfriend after two weeks of dating? I just worry that he won't want to call me his girlfriend four months down the line. What do you think about this? Am I overthinking it? Um, no, you're not overthinking it. Um, uh, in a standard situation, uh, you should be boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, the fact that he doesn't want to put a title on it is a little suspicious to me. Um, the best thing I can tell you in that situation, uh, do you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend? Because if he's, if he just goes out of his way and refuses to accept that title, uh, and make technically make things official, there's a red flag there. I think a simple conversation could probably fix this, but there could be a lot of words that are silent in the sentence. Like, I don't want to. I want to put. I don't want to put a title on it. Dot dot dot. With you, there could be those silent words that he's not saying there. So um, I'm thinking the best in this situation for you, though. That he at first he was like, I don't want to put a title on it, but he he t basically considers you his girlfriend, but. Maybe he's trying to be a cool millennial because millennials, we can't put titles on shit. Yes, you can. Uh, we can put titles on anything. Um, that is a stupid fucking sentence you made. I don't want to put a title on it. Um, okay. So you're basically going to act like boyfriend and girlfriends, do things like boyfriend and girlfriends, uh, be seen as boyfriend and girlfriend, but... Uh, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We don't want to put a title on him. Like there is a title. That's why we created fucking languages uh, to put words to things we do and things we say and things that are. And uh, don't be a Republican with that. Don't be an R word because it, it makes you sound like the Republican in the situation um, to be 
uh, be like, I don't want to put a title on it, but yeah, we're we're gonna do every boyfriend and girlfriend thing like that. It's worse than the girls who are like who have boyfriends, but make other guys do the typical boyfriend shit that you do to get laid and then have sex with their boyfriends. Like it's that shit that annoys me. Like, buddy, if don't do shit you don't like for a woman if they're not gonna touch your penis. Plain and simple, uh, just don't do that, okay? You, there's a difference between being a friend and being a boyfriend. Uh, boyfriends go to pumpkin patches with girls so they can take pictures with the pumpkin patches. Um, that's what boyfriends do. Friends uh, drink together and uh, make fun of each other. Um, at least that's what I do with my friends. And uh, that's right, I do have friends, folks. I have uh, Micah um, and a guy I just shit talk, Josh. And... Uh, Austin and uh, the other ones don't want me to say their name on my podcast uh, because they're normal humans. <laughs> and uh, yes, I do have more than three friends, folks. <laughs> uh, don't question it. And that's all I got to say on that. It looks like you got food coming my way. Um, how do I talk to my partner about his erectile dysfunction? Uh, I've been with my boyfriend for a few months now, and things are great. We have similar libidos in great chemistry, and his erectile dysfunction puts a huge damper on things. When he's fully hard, it's so great, but like, but that's like 10% of the time. 80% he's at half mass, and the other 10% of the time he goes fully soft, and we just have to stop completely. When he needs a break, I'll usually just cuddle and kiss him in any pressure or expectation to let him know I still find him sexy. And most of the time, that works, so we can continue, but uh, this is a problem that begs a solution, and I realize how touchy of a subject a man's sexual performance is, so I haven't quite broached it. We went to a sex shop not too long ago, and while we were browsing, I pointed out a cock ring, and he suggested we, we get it, and the reply was, I don't need that. LOL. Yes, you do, babe. Did not say that, just thought it and kept it moving. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's because he's overweight. He is trying to get in shape at the moment. How do I bring this up? What wording can I use that isn't going to hurt him or give him some kind of complex? Do I just support his getting in shape goal and not talking about it? Specifically for the men in here, in what way could this be brought up to you where you could healthily acknowledge it? I understand losing erections here and there. That's not a big deal, but having a squishy dick shoved inside of me 90% of the time is starting to really bother me. Of course it would. I like a lot of sex, so it's something that needs to resolve in one way or another, and he seems to be in some kind of denial or something. Okay. Uh, says you like to have a lot of sex. Um, if he's on any other, like, antidepressants or something like that, it's gonna that's gonna make a huge difference, so uh, think about that. Um, but also... There's a couple things like being the overweight part is a problem for some people. Um, but I know a lot of fat people who jerk off um, and they say, don't be stingy, Mark. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Um, those type of people. So erectile dysfunction. Uh, so at least you're not blaming yourself. That's a good thing. But erectile dysfunction. I know um, I uh, I take antidepressants, heavy ones. And so um, I, I used to have a pretty high one, but now it's like probably what a normal person is. Um, mainly it's just like most DTF, but like I also have to like make sure I can get it up and shit like that. Um, but then I last longer. So, um, who's the real foreplay king here? It's me. Um, so, but also uh, one big thing is uh, I've listened to, uh, a couple podcasts on this. So I'm obviously an expert 
in, in this field. But um, a lot of times, uh, erectile dysfunction, um, assuming that you're not like super an older couple, um, erectile dysfunction could be like a check engine light on a man's body. Uh, because first of all, because our men's main goal is to like fuck and eat and sleep. Like that's all we that's all we really need to do. So if the one of those things are off, um, there could be a huge problem. So uh, I would actually suggest going to a doctor, getting some lab work done, just seeing if something's off. Um, if everything seems good and it's just fat. Um, maybe uh, maybe a situation is just gotta get some pills, man. Um, keep up with them. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I, we need to stop shaming boner pills. I, I feel like we can stop shaming that shit. Sometimes they help you out. Like some, I've heard some guys like they just like they don't need it, but I just take it and it just makes my my wood just big, like you know harder, and then it's a little bit bigger too. Sometimes it gets bigger, you know. You get some blood flow down there. It's really cool. Um, if that's not the problem, have you tried giving them a blowjob? Sometimes that works. I just assume like doesn't, why don't people like if someone's like just losing losing it, it's getting softer. Like just put your mouth on it. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know, um, but I think the best thing I can say is see a doctor, and then worst case scenario, uh, take some boner pills because um, who the fuck cares anymore? Um, I don't know why that makes you like less of a man. I I can't get hard for a woman. Wouldn't that make you like a better man? Because like you know what, try your best, try your best, woman, try your best. Uh, nevertheless, I am going off topic like usual, but, uh, best suggestion is go to a doctor, get some lab work done because there's probably, cause that's a good check engine light of the human, the male body. Um, so I have to say, um, I got more questions here. Um, I think I only have like, oh, I only have two left. Okay. We're almost done with this show, folks. If you're struggling through this, we're almost done. Uh, best friend and I started hooking up, not sure what to expect out of it. My friend and I have been super close the past four years. We consider each other best friends and do pretty much everything together. For the majority of our friendship, we have been 110% platonic. I wasn't attracted to her at all. There was so little sexual attraction that I've often viewed her as a sister than a friend. Fast forward this September and her and her long-term boyfriend broke up. Seemed fine. I was happy for her new sense of freedom. The idea of hooking up now that she's single hadn't crossed my mind once, but after a couple weeks of her settling into her new life, we found each other in the same bed one night and slept together. We talked about it and we weren't too phased by that new boundary we crossed. We're both pretty liberal in our sex lives, so it was never a big deal for us. That was the only time it happened up until a month ago. Now we seem to hang out and things are getting more intimate. We watch movies and cuddle, hold hands on the couch, etc. Pretty mushy shit. Not to mention that we hook up at least a few times a week. We both enjoy being single and she has made it clear that she wants to be single for when bars open fully to enjoy that newly single lifestyle that the shutdowns have seemingly robbed her of. I am in the same boat as I'd like to remain single for that reason as well. But with all things like this, someone will develop feelings eventually and one of us will change our opinion on the matter. I'm sort of lost in how to feel about it all. Could this just be a natural progression of something new and exciting? Normally I'd say it's a terrible idea, but our communication and compatibility together friends or more is really great so i'm never left wondering how she feels and besides this post neither is she any advice um yeah buddy uh stop being fucking stupid uh this you two are soulmates i can't i can't explain this enough like you want someone to be your best friend and 
someone who touches your penis. That's like two things you want. Like, I wish Mike, I wish there was a situation where uh, me and Micah could touch my penis and I wouldn't be fucking grossed out to all hell. Um, but no, I can't, I can't date Micah because I don't find him attractive at all in any situation ever. I don't like hair on people I want to have sex with. Just, just commonalities in the way I live my life. And if you don't like that, um, you can leave Napoleon. Um, that's all you have to do. No, dude, you, you find someone like this, like once in a blue, like this is so rare to have like a connection like that with someone like, like you enjoy being around someone and you, they also touch your genitals. Like that's the dream right there, buddy. That is the dream of what everyone wants. And I know I get the idea. You both want to stay single, but I want to be honest with you. There's not a lot of good people out there. And the ones that are dating someone else, buddy, I, I, I can't express that to you enough. Uh, it sounds like you need to fucking put a ring on this. Just be like, look, I think we need, we're, we're way too into each other. And Everyone else out there sucks um, and not the way I like them to suck. And I feel like we need to move forward with this because uh, we make each other better people. That's how, that's how life works. You want someone who makes you a better person. And uh, you sound like you have communication working well and trust. I don't know why. You, I don't know. Don't, don't be fucking stingy. Just stay. Be happy with what you have because uh, that sounds like, yeah, just don't don't be fucking idiots. Like, sounds like you have the best thing in the world, uh, at your fingertips and, uh, shut the fuck up. All right. Last question I've have here. And I saved the, I always try to save the best one for the last folk. I had to ask my girlfriend to shave her butt hair without sounding rude or slash making her insecure. Tom pretty much says it all. We've been, we have been dating for a little over four months now and are pretty close to each other. However, I just don't know how I can broach this topic without coming across as rude. It's not like I hate it or have an incredible aversion to her ass hair, but it's a little bit of a turnoff slash would prefer it to be shorter. I don't think she has ever shaved this region for judging on the length. She shaves or at least trims since I haven't seen it completely bare but have seen it pretty close. Her general hair, like I do with mine though. So it's not like she is adamant about retaining her body hair. I just want to bring this up without making her feel insecure. Part of this also has to do with race to some extent, since I'm white and blonde and she is Indian slash black haired. So her hairs are far more visible than mine. I just want to tread carefully on an issue like this LOL. So if anyone has been in a similar situation, I would appreciate any insight into how you navigate it. Okay. So, um, I think I can, I can do this. This does not apply, however, to your one night stands. Okay, folks. Um, one night you, I believe in, in my manscaping area that you, you do unto others as they would, we go with the golden rule. You do unto others as you would do unto you. So, I am a big fan of cleaning everything up down there because I'm part Jewish and it's growing everywhere down there, folks. And so I'm a big fan of that because I want her to touch it with her mouth. Um, you're obviously not eating her ass. Um, one thing I learned, though, so I figured out how some women don't have air on their ass. Uh, so I, I was drunk and asked a friend's like, not his, it wasn't his girlfriend, but like, woman he was with i'm like 
I, don't, I guess I was just drunk. I'm like, how do women not have hair on their ass? And then she was like, oh, we get it waxed. We just put a one strip on there and rip. It's all gone. I'm like, oh, so that's how it works. Um, that was a fun conversation. Um, so you're just gonna be like, hey, babe, uh, I'm not trying to like be mean to you or anything. And I don't want you to take this any way wrong. But uh, your ass hair is gross to me and turns me off. Can we figure out a situation that works for you? And she's like, I don't know. Waxing hurts and when you raise your bones. I'm like, let's give you a Manscaped lawnmower 2.0. Not sponsored, by the way. I don't have a link, so don't give them any money for my idea. Don't buy it from my idea. Um, may figure that out, you know. Like you're gonna feel st- like, buddy, you're gonna feel some stubble. Like it's just like you go on a let, you gotta hit some legs, feel some stubble. Like a woman just like you know go a few days without shaving in, and you're gonna feel stubble. Like you gotta get over that. Women are p- just as much pigs as men are. And we have to accept the situation. Uh, just women are better at hiding it than most men. But no, I feel like that answers it to a T. Um, just ask her nicely. Just be like, I'm not trying to be mean to you or anything. I just want to wanted to say it like it is. Um, your ass hair is gross to me. So um, like most situations, just being honest is the uh, answer to the problem. So... Nevertheless, he persisted. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cancel Sweezy um, with your host, the Foreplay King slash Sweezy, everything else. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns you want to send to me, you can send them over on any social media site I'm on. It's always at the Sweezy and um, or the Schwedcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns. And follow me on all social media platforms at the Sweezy uh, for cool step shit. Like and subscribe to me everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Twitch, where I stream every Thursday and sometimes on Monday. And if you want to financially support this show, $5 a month gets you on the uh, Patreon. And nevertheless, he persisted. So thank you so much for listening today. And like always, stay awesome. Pray for Micah. Well, look at you. You just finished an entire episode. Uh, A great way. Remember to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you're listening to or watching if you're on YouTube. And remember, you can always go on Patreon, $5 a month. That gets you ad-free episodes of all my shows.